Section seventy seven of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part seventy seven. Of the Street Sellers of Lucifer Matches. Under this head, I shall speak only of those who sell the matches, apart from those who, in proffering Lucifer matches, mix up trade with mendicancy. The latter class I have spoken of, and shall treat of them more fully under the head of the London poor. Until Lucifer's became cheap and in general use, the matches sold by the street folks, and there were numbers in the trade, were usually prepared by themselves. The manufactures were simple enough. Wooden splints, twice or thrice the length of the Lucifer matches now in use, were prepared, and dipped into brimstone, melted in an iron ladle. The matches were never, as now, self-igniting, or rather ignitable by rapid friction, but it was necessary to strike a light by the concussion of a flint and steel, the sparks from which were communicated to tinder kept in a box. The brimstone match-sellers were of all ages, but principally, I am told, old people, many of them during and for some years after the war, wore tattered regimentals, or some remains of military paraphernalia and had been, or assumed to have been, soldiers, but not entitled to a pension. The same with seamen. I inquired of some of the present race of match-sellers what became of the old brimstones, as I heard them called, but from them I could gather little information. An old groundsel-gatherer told me that some went into his trade, others, I learned, took to pins, and others to song or tract-selling. Indeed, the brimstone match-sellers not unfrequently carried a few songs to vend with their matches. It must be borne in mind that, fifteen years ago, those street trades, into which any one who is master of a few pence can now embark, were less numerous. Others of the match-sellers, with rounds or being known men, displaced their brimstones for lucifers, and traded on as usual. I heard of one old man, now dead, who made a living on brimstone matches by selling a good quantity in Hackney, Stoke Newington, and Islington, and who long refused to sell Lucifer matches. They was new-fangled rubbish, he said, and would soon have their day. He found his customers, however, fall off, and, in apprehension of losing them all, he was compelled to move with the times. I believe, sir said one man, still a street-seller, but not having sold matches of any kind for years. I believe I was the first who hawked congreves, or instantaneous lights. They weren't called lucifers for a good while after. I bought them at Mr. Jones's lighthouse in the Strand. And if I remember right, for it must be more than twenty years ago, between 1820 and 1830, Mr. Jones had a patent somehow about them. I bought them at seven shillings a dozen boxes, and sold them at a shilling a box. I'm not sure how many matches was in a box, but I think it was a hundred. You'll get as much for a farthing now as you would for a shilling then. The matches were lighted by being drawn quickly through sandpaper. I sold them for a twelvemonth, and had the trade all to myself, as far as I know I had, for I never met with or heard of anybody else in it all that time. I did decent at it. I suppose I cleared my fifteen shillings a week. The price kept the same while I was in the business. I sold them at city offices. I supplied the Phoenix in Lombard Street, I remember, and the better sort of shops. 
People liked them when they wanted to light a candle in a hurry, in places where there was no fire to seal a letter or such like. There was no envelopes in them days. The penny postage brought them in. I was sometimes told not to carry such things there again, as they didn't want the house set on fire by keeping such dangerous things in it. Now, I suppose, lucifers are in every house, and that there's not a tinder-box used in all London. Such appears to have been the beginning of the extensive street trade in these chemical preparations now carried on. At the twelve-month's end, my informant went into another line of business. The German Congreves were soon after introduced, and were at first sold wholesale at the English and German swag-shops in Houndsditch, at two shillings a dozen boxes, and were retailed at threepence, fourpence, and sometimes as high as sixpence the box. These matches, I am told, kept their hold about five years, when they ceased to be a portion of the street trade. The German Congreves were ignited by being drawn along a slip of sandpaper at the bottom of the box, as is done at present. With some, however, a double piece of sandpaper was sold, for the purposes of igniting. After this time, cheaper and cheaper matches were introduced, and were sold in the streets immediately on their introduction. At first, the cheaper matches had an unpleasant smell, and could hardly be kept in a bedroom, but that was obviated, and the trade progressed to its present extent. The Lucifer match boxes, the most frequent in the street trade, are bought by the poor persons selling them in the streets, at the manufacturers, or at oil shops, for a number of oilmen buy largely of the manufacturers, and can supply the trade at the same rate as the manufacturer. The price is twopence farthing the dozen boxes, each box containing one hundred and fifty matches. Some of the boxes, German-made, are round, and many used to be of tin, but these are rarely seen now. The prices are proportionate. The common price of a lucifer box in the streets is a halfpenny, but many buyers, I am told, insist upon and obtain three a penny, which they do generally of someone who supplies them regularly. The trade is chiefly itinerant. One feeble old man gave me the following account of his customers. He had been in the employ of market gardeners, carmen, and others whose business necessitated the use of carts and horses. In his old age he was unable to do any hard work. He was assisted, however, by his family, especially by one son, living in the country. He had a room in the house of a daughter, who was a widow, but his children were only working people with families, he said, and so he sold a few lucifers as a help, and to have the comfort of a bit of tobacco, and buy an old thing in the way of clothing, without troubling anyone. Out of his earnings, too, he paid sixpence a week for the schooling of one of his daughter's children. "'I sell these lucifers, sir,' he said, in answer to my inquiries. "'I never beg with them. I'd scorn it. My children help me, as I've told you. I did my best for them when I was able, and so I have a just sort of claim on them.' "'Well, indeed, then, sir, as you ask me, if I had only myself to depend on, why, I couldn't live. I must beg or go into the house.' and I don't know which I should take to worst at seventy-two. I've been selling lucifers about five years, for I was worn out with hard work and rheumatics when I was sixty-five or sixty-six. I go regular rounds about two miles in a day, or two and a half, or if it's fine, three miles or more from where I live, and the same distance back, for I can sometimes walk middling if I can do nothing else. 
i carry my boxes tied up in a handkerchief and hold two or three in my hand i'm ashamed to hold them out on any rail where i ain't known and never do if there isn't a good-humoured looking person to be seen below or through the kitchen window but my eyesight ain't good and i make mistakes and get snapped up very short at times yesterday now i was lucky in my small way as a gentleman that if i can see him i can always sell boxes to at a penny apiece that's his price he says and he takes no change if i offer it i saw him yesterday at his own door and says he well old grey beard i haven't seen you for a long time here's a shilling leave a dozen boxes i told him i had only eleven left but he said oh it's all the same and he told a boy that was crossing the hall to take them into the kitchen and we soon could hear the housekeeper grumbling quite loud perhaps she didn't know her master could hear about being bothered with rubbish that people took in master with and the gentleman shouts out some of you stop that old blank mouth will you she wants a profit out of them in her bills all was quiet then and he says to me quite friendly if she wasn't the best cook in london i'd have quitted her long since by g blank the old man chuckled no little as he related this he then went on he's a swearing man but a good man i'm sure and i don't know why he's so kind to me perhaps he is to others i'm ashamed to hold my boxes to the airy rails cause so many does that to beg i sell lucifers both to mistresses and maids some will have three for a penny and though it's a poor profit i do it for they say oh if you come this way constant we'll buy of you whenever we want if you won't give three a penny there's plenty will i sell too in some small streets listen grove way to women that see me from their windows and come down to the door they're needleworkers i think they say sometimes i'm glad i've seen you for it saves me the trouble of running out well sir i'm sure i hardly know how many boxes i sell on a middling good day i sell two dozen on a good day three dozen on a bad day not a dozen sometimes not half a dozen and sometimes but not often not more than a couple then in bad weather i don't go out and time hangs very heavy if it isn't a monday for every monday i buy a threepenny paper of a newsman for tuppence and read it as well as i can with my old eyes and glasses and get my daughter to read a bit to me in the evening and next day i send the paper to my son in the country and so save him buying one as well as i can tell i sell about nine dozen boxes a week one week with another and clear from two shillings to two shillings and sixpence it's employment for me as well as a help it is not easy to estimate the precise number of persons who really sell lucifer matches as a means of subsistence or as a principal means there are many especially girls and women the majority being irish women who do not directly solicit charity and do not even say buy a box of lucifers from a poor creature to get her a ha'porth of bread or please a bit of broken victuals if it's only cold potatoes for a box of the best lucifers yet these match-sellers look so imploringly down an area or through a window some shouldering a young child the while and remain there so pertinaciously that a box is bought or a halfpenny given often merely to get rid of the applicant an intelligent man a street-seller and familiar with street trading generally whom i questioned on the subject said it's really hard to tell sir but i should calculate this way it's the real sellers you ask about them as tries to live on their selling lucifers or as their main support i have worked london and the outside places yes i mean the suburbs in ten rounds or districts but six is better 
for you can then go the same round the same day next week and so get known the real sellers in my opinion is old men and women out of employ or past work and to beg they're ashamed i've read the bible you see sir though i've had too much to do with gay persons even to go to church i should say that in each of those ten rounds or splicing one with another was twenty persons really selling lucifers yes and depending a good deal upon them for they're an easy carriage for an infirm body and as ready a sale as most things i don't reckon them as begs or wines or sticks to a house for an hour but them as sells in my opinion they're two hundred and no more all the others dodges in one way or other on pity and charity there's one lurk that's getting common now a man well dressed and very clean and wearing gloves knocks at a door and asks to speak to the master or mistress if he succeeds he looks about him as if he was ashamed and then he pulls out of his coat pocket a lucifer box or two and asks as a favour to be allowed to sell one as reduced circumstances drive him to do so he doesn't beg but i don't reckon him a seller for he has always some story or other to tell that's all a fakement most dwellers in a suburb will have met with one of these well-dressed match-sellers adopting my informant's calculation and supposing that each of these traders take on lucifers alone but four shillings weekly selling nine dozen with a profit to the seller of from one shilling and ninepence to two shillings and sixpence we find two thousand and eighty pounds expended in this way the matches are sold also at stalls with other articles in the street markets and elsewhere but this traffic i am told becomes smaller and only amounts to one-tenth of the amount i have specified as taken by itinerants these street sellers reside in all parts of town which i have before specified as the quarters of the poor of the street sellers of cigar lights or fusees this is one of the employments to which boys whom neglect ill-treatment destitution or a vagrant disposition have driven or lured to a street life seem to resort to almost as readily as to the offers hold your horse sir shall i carry your parcel ma'am the trifling capital required to enter into the business is one cause of its numbering many followers the fusees as i most frequently heard them called are sold at the congreve shops and are chiefly german-made at one time indeed they were announced as german tinder the wholesale charge is fourpence halfpenny per thousand lights the one thousand lights are apportioned into fifty rows each of twenty self-igniting matches and these rows are sold in the streets one or two for a halfpenny and two three or four one penny it is common enough for a juvenile fusee seller to buy only five hundred so that tuppence farthing supplies his stock in trade the boys for the majority of the street traders who sell only fusees are boys frequent the approaches to the steamboat piers the omnibus stands and whatever places are resorted to by persons who love to smoke in the open air some of these young traders have neither shoes nor stockings more especially the irish lads who are at least half the number and their apology for a cap fully displays the large red ears and flat features which seem to distinguish a class of the irish children in the streets of london 
some irish boys hold out their red-tipped fusees with an appealing look meant to be plaintive and say in a whining tone spend a halfpenny on a poor boy your honour others offer them without any appealing look or tone either in silence or saying buy a fusee to light your pipe or cigar sir a row of lights for a halfpenny i met with one irish boy of thirteen or fourteen years of age who was offering fusees to the persons going to chalk farm fair on easter tuesday but the rain kept away many visitors and the lad could hardly find a customer he was literally drenched for his skin shining with the rain could be seen about his arms and knees through the slits of his thin corduroy jacket and trousers and he wore no shirt it's oranges i sell in general your honour he said and it's on oranges i hopes to be next week place god but mother it's orange selling she is too wanted to make a grand show for ace to wake and took the money to do it and put me on the fusies it's the truth i'm telling your honour she thought i might be after making a male's mate note meals meat end note out of them entirely but the sort of a male i'll make to-day if it cost me a fardin for i haven't took one i never remember any fader mother and me lives together somehow glory be to god but it's often knowing what it is to be hungry we are i've sold fuses before when ingans and nuts and oranges was dear and not for the poor to buy but i never did so bad as to-day a gentleman once said to me here pat your soul you look hungry here's a thirteen or four years go and get drunk with it oh no your honour he wasn't an irish gentleman it was after mocking me he was god save him on my asking the boy if he felt hurt at this mockery he answered slyly with all his air of simplicity sure then wasn't there the shilling for it was a shilling he gave me glory be to god now i never heard it called a thirteener before but mother has oh thin sir indeed and it's cold and wet i am i have a new shirt as was give to mother for me by a lady but i wouldn't put it on such a day as this your honour sir i'll go to mass in it every sunday i've made sixpence a day and sometimes more a selling fusies with luck god be praised but the bad withers put me out entirely this time the fusee sellers frequently offer their wares at the bars of public houses in the daytime and sometimes dispose of them to those landlords who sell cigars from the best information i can command there are now upwards of two hundred persons selling fusees in the streets of the metropolis but the trade is often collateral the cigar seller offers fusees playbill sellers boys do so sometimes at the doors of the theatres to persons coming out the pipe sellers also carry them they are sometimes sold along with lucifer matches and at miscellaneous stalls it will i believe be accurate to state that in the streets there are generally one hundred persons subsisting or endeavouring to subsist on the sale of fusees alone it may be estimated also that each of these traders averages a receipt of tenpence a day with a profit exceeding sixpence so that one thousand three hundred pounds is yearly laid out in the streets in this way of the fusee selling lads those who are parentless or run away sleep in the lodging-houses in the better conducted of which the master or deputy takes charge of the stock of fusees or lucifer matches during the night 
to avert the risk of fire in others these combustibles are stowed anywhere at the discretion or indiscretion of the lodgers of the street sellers of gutter percher heads there are many articles which having become cheap in the shops find their way to the street traders and after a brief or comparatively brief and prosperous trade has been carried on in them gradually disappear these are usually things which are grotesque or amusing but of no utility and they are supplanted by some more attractive novelty a main attraction being that it is a novelty among such matters of street trade are the elastic toys called gutter percher heads these however have no gutter percher in their composition but consist solely of a composition made of glue and treacle the same as is used for printers rollers the heads are small coloured models of the human face usually with projecting nose and chin and wide or distorted mouth which admit of being squeezed into a different form of features their elasticity causing them to return to the original cast the trade carried on in the streets in these toys was at one time extensive but it seems now to be gradually disappearing on a fine day a little afternoon last week there was not one head exposed for sale in any of the four great street markets of leather lane the brill tottenham court road including the hampstead road and high street camden town the trade became established in the streets upwards of two years ago at first i am told by a street seller himself one of the first there were six head sellers who worked the parks and their vicinity my informant one day sold a gross of heads in and about hyde park and a more fortunate fellow-trader on the same day sold one and a half gross the heads were recommended whenever opportunity offered by a little patter here one man used to say here's the duke of wellington's head for a penny it's modelled from the statue on horseback but is a improvement his nose speaks for itself sir robert peel's only a penny anybody you please is a penny a free choice and no favour the queen and all the royal family a penny apiece as the street seller offered to dispose of the model of any eminent man's head and face he held up some one of the most grotesque of the number another man one saturday evening sold five or six dozen to costermongers and others in the street markets pattering them off as the likenesses of any policeman who might be obnoxious to the street traders this was when the trade was new the number of sellers was a dozen in the second week it was soon twenty-five all confining themselves to the sale of the heads besides these the heads were offered to the street buying public by many of the stationary street folk whose stock partook of a miscellaneous character the men carrying on this traffic were of the class of general street sellers the trade was spoiled sir said an informant by so many going into it but i've heard that it's not bad in parts of the country now the sale was always best in the parks i believe and sundays was the best days i don't pretend to be learned about religion but i know that many a time after i'd earned next to nothing in a wet week it came a fine sunday morning and i took as much as got me and my wife and children a good dinner of meat and potatoes and sometimes when we could depend on it smoking hot from the baker's oven and i then felt i had something to thank god for 
you see sir when a man's been out all the week and often with nothing to call half a dinner and his wife's earnings only a few pence by sewing at home with three young children to take care of you're nourished and comforted and your strength keeps up by a meat dinner on a sunday quietly in your own room but them as eats their dinner without having to earn it can't understand about that and as the sunday park trade was stopped the police drive us about like dogs not gentlemen's dogs but stray or mad dogs and it seems there's some sort of a new police i can't understand a bit of it and i don't want to for the old police is trouble enough the gutter-percher heads are mostly bought at the english and german swag shops a few are made by the men who sell them in the streets the swag price is one shilling the gross at one time the swagman demurred to sell less than half a gross but now when the demand is diminished a dozen is readily supplied for eightpence the street price retail is and always was one penny a head the principal purchasers in the street are boys and young men with a few tradesmen or working people such as can afford a penny or two who buy the gutter percher heads for their children there used to be a tolerable trade in public houses where persons enjoying themselves bought them for a lark but this trade has now dwindled to a mere nothing one of the larks an informant knew to be practised was to attach the head to a piece of paper or card write upon it someone's name make it up into a parcel and send it to the flattered individual the same man had sold heads to young women not servant maids he thought but in some not very ill-paid employment and he believed from their manner when buying for some similar purpose of larking when the heads were a novelty he sold a good many to women of the town there are now no street folks who depend upon the sale of these gutter-percher heads but they sell them occasionally the usual mode is to display them on a tray and now generally with other things one man showed me his box which when the lid was raised he carried as a tray slung round his neck and it contained gutter-percher heads exhibition medals and rings and other penny articles of jewellery there are at present i am informed thirty persons selling gutter-percher heads in the streets some of them confining their business solely to those articles in this number however i do not include those who are both makers and sellers their average receipts i am assured do not exceed five shillings a week each for though some may take fifteen shillings a week others and generally the stationary head sellers do not take one shilling the profit to the street retailer is one-third of his receipts from this calculation it appears that if the present rate of sale continue three hundred and ninety pounds is spent yearly in these street toys at one time it was far more than twice the amount of the street sellers of fly-papers and beetle wafers fly-papers came generally into street traffic i am informed in the summer of eighteen forty eight the fly-papers are sold wholesale at many of the oil shops but the principal shop for the supply of the street traders is in whitechapel the wholesale price is twopence farthing a dozen and the street retail charge a halfpenny a paper or three a penny a young man to whom i was referred and whom i found selling or rather bartering crockery gave me the following account of his experience of the fly-paper trade 
He was a rosy-cheeked, strong-built young fellow, and said he thought he was getting on in his present trade. He spoke merrily of his troubles, as I have found common among his class when they are over. My father had a milk-walk, he said, and when he died I was without money and had nothing to do, but I soon got a place with a single gentleman. He had a small house, and kept only me and an old housekeeper. I was to make myself generally useful, but when I first went, the most I had to do was to look after a horse that Master had. Master never was on horseback in his life, but he took Skipjack, that was the horse's name, he was rising six, for a debt, and kept him two months, till he could sell him to his mind. Master took a largish garden, for he was fond of growing flowers and vegetables, and made presents of them, just before poor Skipjack went, and I was set to work in it, besides do my housework. It was an easy place, and I was very comfortable, but Master, who was a good master and a friend to a poor man, as I know, got into difficulties. He was something in the city, I never understood what, and one night, when I'd been above a year and a half with him, he told me I must go, for he couldn't afford to keep me any longer. Next day he was arrested, quite sudden, I believe, and sent to prison for debt. I had a good character, but nobody cared for one from a man in prison, and in a month my money was out, and my last three shillings and sixpence went for an advertisement, what was no good to me. I then took to holding horses, or anything that way, and used to sleep in the parks, or by the roadsides where it was quiet. I did that for a month and more. I've sometimes never tasted food all day, and used to quench myself, note, so he worded it, end note, with cold water from the pumps. It took off the hunger for a time, I got to know other boys that was living as I was, and when I could afford it I slept at lodging-houses the boys took me to or told me about. One evening a gentleman gave me a shilling for catching his horse that he'd left standing, but it had got frightened and run off. Next morning I went into the fly-paper trade. It's nearly two years ago, I think, because a boy I slept with did tidy in it. We bought the papers at the first shop as was open, and then got leave of the deputy of the lodging-house to catch all the flies we could and we stuck them thick on the paper, and fastened the paper to our hats. I used to think, when I was in service, how a smart livery hat, with a cockade to it, would look. But instead of that, I turned out, the first time in my life that ever I sold anything, with my hat stuck round with flies. I felt so ashamed I could have cried. I was miserable. I felt so awkward. But I spent my last tuppence in some gin and milk to give me courage, and that brightened me up a bit and I set to work. I went mile endway, and got out of the main streets, and I suppose I'd gone into streets and places where there hadn't often been fly-papers before, and I soon had a lot of boys following me, and I felt almost as if I'd picked a pocket or done something to be shamed of. I could hardly cry, catch em alive only a halfpenny. But I found I could sell my papers to public houses and shopkeepers such as grocers and confectioners, and that gave me pluck. The boys caught flies, and then came up to me and threw them against my hat, and if they stuck, the lads set up a shout. I stuck to the trade, however, and took two shillings and sixpence to three shillings every day that week, more than half of it profit, and on Saturday I took five shillings and sixpence. The trade is all to housekeepers. I called at open shops and looked up at the windows, or held up my hat at private houses, and was sometimes beckoned to go in and sell my papers. Women bought most, I think. Nasty things, they used to say. 
there's no keeping nothing clean for them i stuck to the trade for nearly two months and then i was worth thirteen shillings and sixpence and had got a pair of good shoes and a good second-hand shirt with one to change it and next i did a little in tins and hardware at the places where i used to go my fly rounds and in the winter i got into the crock trade with another young fellow for a mate and i'm in it yet and getting a tidy connection i think some of the fly-paper sellers make their stock in trade but three-fourths of the number buy them ready-made the street sellers make them of old newspapers or other waste paper no matter how dirty to the paper they apply turpentine and common coach varnish some using resin instead of varnish and occasionally they dash a few grains of sugar over the composition when spread upon the paper last summer i was informed there were fifty or sixty persons selling fly papers and beetle wafers in the streets some of them boys and all of them of the general class of street sellers who take to any trade for which one shilling suffices as capital their average earnings may be estimated at two shillings and sixpence a day about one half being profit this gives a street outlay say for a season of ten weeks of three hundred and seventy five pounds calculating fifty sellers a few of these street traders carried a side of a newspaper black with flies attached to a stick waving it like a flag the cries were catch em alive catch em alive for a halfpenny new method of destroying thousands end of section seventy seven